So Josh, we're going to be brave enough to take on something that I hear all the time. I'm sure you do. And every single practitioner, whether it's learning and development, change, innovation, HR, operations, we hear, I don't have the time. Right. And a great quote by Tim Ferriss, you know, someday is a disease that will take your dreams to the grave with you. So Josh, thanks for being brave to take on this topic. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm really grateful for you to have me here to talk about today, because like you said, it's it's universal as well. It's universal, not just in business, but in life. We make that excuse with so many things in our life, right? Oh, I would... Uh, I would start exercising and and uh, and lose some weight, but I'm I'm just too busy, right? I would love to get involved in that hobby. I would love to start implementing this with my team, but I just don't have the time to do so. And it's it's it comes from a partial truth. We're all very busy. We have so much on our plates. We have so much that we're trying to juggle, and everybody wants to run lean, and everybody wants to have. Uh, you know, you know, get more from less. And so there's a truth to it. But it really, it comes down to, I believe, prioritization. I, I couldn't agree more because somehow we are finding the time to watch the billions of views on, on whether it's TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, you name the social media platform. But Josh, where I'd love to begin is to, you know, ask you this, the question of how do you think about your goals as, as you know, your manager of organizational development and learning at Builders First Source? H how do you think about the goals in your role? My goals, and, and I'm specifically focused on leaders, and that, that's, that's my passion. I, I, you know, we do obviously cover your compliance and, and cover those things that are necessary within, within a business, but, but I focus on, on leaders and how we produce them because I think leaders drive the success of an organization. I think everything, every mistake and everything that goes wrong comes down to leadership and, and everything that goes right comes down to leadership. So I'm not putting a, a back burner or a side focus or not prioritizing those things that need to be done within learning development to make sure compliance is happening and safety especially that we're that we're taking care of our people and they know those safe practices because if they don't can't go home whole then we failed them at that point but i think even safety and even compliance still flows into leadership and what the leader is doing and 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 where we can lead at at, at every level here so that's uh, my goal is to focus on the growth and develop of those leaders identifying those leaders and helping give them the tools that are actionable to them. You know, previous guest you had talked about that learning scrap and talked about, you know, what's, uh, what's consumed versus what's digested. And if I'm not giving them something digestible that they can practically apply immediately when they, when they take a course or leave a class, then we failed them. So are we giving them those digestible things that they're going to be able to apply? What I love about leadership, Adam, as well is leadership applies not only in business, but leadership applies to every aspect of life. One of my favorite pieces of feedback I can ever get from a participant in a course is, hey, what I learned today isn't just going to help me in what I'm going to bring back to my team and what's going to help me function better here as a manager, but oh, this is going to apply to how I'm dealing with my children. This is going to apply to how I lead at home. 
how I lead with friends, how I lead myself and how I lead my life and refocusing my discipline. So that's my favorite feedback I can ever get is th these aren't just leadership isn't just a work skill it's absolutely a life skill. Creating better humans, Josh, that's quite that's quite a bar. And, and the focus on leadership, you know, it, it totally makes sense. We know that 70% of the employee experience is about the manager when you had Gallup on a few weeks ago, or we zoomed in um, on the role of the manager. You know, I think it'd be, it'd be helpful for the audience to kind of get to know you, the dynamics of your industry. You guys have gone through some some really, you know, um, times where the pandemic hit your line of business in a, in a particular way. And there probably could be a podcast or a couple podcasts of their own. But just if you could, Josh, provide the high level dynamics of the, of the industry that you're in. Absolutely. And it's right on topic for this. I'm too busy is, you know, when when 2020 was first hitting and, and we were preparing for what could happen and actually preparing, hey, there could be a major dip and we could, uh, have a major slowdown. What are we going to do there? How do we prepare for that? We made some smart moves and the industry made some smart moves to go, okay, let's prep ourselves for that. And then the opposite happened and, and unexpectedly. So I think because everybody got home, they realized I don't like my home, <laughs> right? Or, or there's a change that I'd like to make here or, Hey, we're going remote so I could move somewhere else. Right. And, and that really caused a boom in the housing market, and then you're gonna combine that with a supply chain issue, right? Because people aren't working or they can't, we, the supply, you know, that well documented, but what happened, especially in the, with building materials in the, the supply chain, it, it just went crazy. So you have a huge demand, you have supply chain issues, and now workforce issues, because you're dealing with, you know, people getting sick, right? And, and you, as uh, we talked about, you know, there's there's roles, and I've heard you mention this on, on multiple interviews you've had, there's roles that can be done virtually, and there's roles that can't be done virtually. So trying to figure out how to work through those two years in a lot of our roles that can't be done virtually. You can't build trusses virtually. You, you know, you can't deliver windows virtually. So that that in-person had to happen. So, but there's, you know, but you know, you this is where we do our best to, to keep people safe and mitigate those risks as much as we can. But there's going to be workforce issues during that time. And, you know, people coming in and out of, of being sick, supply chain issues, huge customer demand. It kind of all culminated in, you know, a, a very, you know, a, a great time as far as, you know, just business doing well, but at the same time, an exhausted workforce and people struggling to keep up and customers who aren't getting what they need because of the, you know multiple issues that we just that I just discussed so they're frustrated so you know a lot of our folks then are getting beat down and and feeling I can't keep up so exhaustion is kicking in and um, that you know that obviously causes issues there too and then if we're speaking about the I don't have time they're just trying to keep their heads above water to keep up with demand and to keep their customers happy. So they, legit, it, it's, it's not a, a fake, you know, just an excuse to say, we're just trying to keep up with, with what the demand is right now. So you want me to go take a what? Yeah, I mean, this really speaks to the current mindset. You've got folks that are tired, overwhelmed, um, you know, they're busy, they are stressed, 
anxious. We got all kinds of things going on. Um, anything else that's top of mind for you as you think about, you know, this is the current mindset specifically of the leadership audience, although I'm sure it applies across, but we're honing in on, on our efforts on this specific audience for our discussion. Yeah, I think some of it is also out of, you know, good heart is they're trying to take care of the people and not give them too much and not overwhelm them and try to take some things off their plate. Um, so anything that feels like extra or feels like more it's there's a protection of I, I don't want to do that to them. I don't want to put them through that. So I don't I'll always think it's out of a bad heart either to say, you know, it, it, we could just think it's selfish of, oh, you, you just don't want to go down a person or two because that means more work for everybody else or that means more work for you. I think a lot of it is good hearted to try to say, I want to make sure my people aren't exhausted and aren't burnt out. So then we get into this mindset of, not understanding that, that, that these tools will actually help reduce some of that stress. These tools will help in that long run. You know, the, the mindset often, and this is when we, with coaching period, and I, when we get into coaching sessions and when I'm talking to people about how, how we coach, a, a very common excuse, and it's actually a truth, I believe, is it would take me two to three to four times longer to teach somebody how to do this than to just do it myself. But then we all know the, the beyond that behavior. But, but if I take those two to three to four times longer to coach and teach, now that thing is, one, off my plate. So now I actually created more time for myself. Two, I just gave a new skill and development to a person who is looking for it. And now they're feeling, you know, they're feeling more mastery. You know, that they're feeling more autonomy. You know, and as we know, you know, two key factors in someone being engaged is that mastery and autonomy. So... You're not only benefiting them, but you're actually giving yourself time back. The problem is it's an investment in time. It's a, it's a choice that has to be made in that behavior. Mm-hmm. And that's where, where I'd love to go next, Josh, is to really think about kind of the, the era of leadership development as we've done it versus the era that we're about to create. And, and this podcast is about the exploration of this new era, the future of people initiatives. We know there's been a lot of this check the box that this, you know, whether it's a week or a couple of days or a couple of hours and um, yeah, consumption versus digestion topic that, that Terrence talked about. I, I think it's, you know, so, so spot on. So maybe Josh, if you could, l- let's kind of give tribute to the, the era that's coming to an end. And then let's talk about where do we take this? How do we take our learnings? How do we take the context of the mindset and begin to explore where we go beyond? Absolutely. I think it's focusing on those leaders. And Terrence also talked about your, your different types of participants in a course when he talked about your tourists, when he talked about your prisoners and your explorers. And I think a key that we have to do is focus in on those explorers. They're there. People are there that want to grow. We also had a, a good, great discussion about the leader's role in this and but sometimes we overfocus on what the leader's supposed to do in the process versus the ownership that's necessary on the learner as well. So identifying those learners who are those explorers and helping enable them, I think, is a key here because they're out there, they're hungry. And as much as I, you know, there's check the box managers too that just want to send their person to something. And I, yes, I did this for you, I sent you this, and then they get back to work and it's like, okay, now get back to work, right? I'll 
I'll at least be, I'm more excited about a leader who at least sees a value enough to send them to something because that explorer then at least has the opportunity to expand on their knowledge, to grow, to develop, and then can take that back. You know, obviously in an ideal world, we want to change the minds of the leader to understand, hey, you're actually, this is going to benefit you. This is going to help you. It's beyond just, um, just the, the giving them the opportunity. It's beyond that. It's going to actually help your organization. It's going to help your legacy. You're going to be known as a leader that, that builds other leaders. You're going to have, be able to delegate more because you're creating a stronger team. Those are, you know, those, that's ideal. That's what, you know, and those, but, and those are the leaders I'm trying to develop that they go out and do that. But at least the leader who's, because, you know, the worst thing is the leader who goes, that's just worthless. I don't want anything to do with that. That's just a, we don't have time and that's a waste of time. So. Josh, if you could, maybe someone who's tuning in hasn't heard the podcast and, and may not have the context for explorers. If you can broad strokes, maybe re remind for those who've heard it and for those who are new, clarify, what is an explorer leader in this context? Absolutely. That's a, that's a hungry learner. That's someone who wants to grow their career, who has ownership of their development who's not just throwing it off at the company, but honestly wants their own growth and is pursuing it. That's someone who's going and finding those podcasts like this on their own. That's someone who's going and asking me and coming up and saying, what were your last three favorite leadership books that you read and, and a direction you could point me? What's, a, what's a, a podcast I could go listen to? What's a great video or someone that you really enjoy watching and listening to? They're searching for it. They're hungry. And they they're they're going to that that they see that class or the or the or the workshop or the, as an opportunity to grow and develop themselves. They want that ownership of their of their growth. Interesting, Josh. If you had to take a guess, and and and, and I have a number too. What percentage of the leaders are are hungry for growth? And we've worked with hundreds of organizations over the last six years. And I'm just thinking of there's, there's a group we call habiteers. Once they're exposed to a particular type of program, they are, you know, it's kind of like brushing teeth for them. They, they, they will do it perpetually. Um, what, what's your guess? What, what percentage are, are those hungry leaders? I think coming in to, especially if I'm talking about coming into a, a workshop or a training, you know, my hope is always to up that percentage a little bit by the time they get a little bit into the course and they become explorers, right? I move them from that tourist or prisoner. But I'd say coming in, those ones that are just naturally hungry, that are lifelong learners, 15%, 20%. What, would, what are your thoughts? Exact number, 15% is what we've seen over and over again. And then on the opposite ext extreme are the disengaged, you know, where exactly they're, they're, they can be moved. And then the folks in between, fascinating. So really what, what you're saying is when you're, when you're designing a leadership development program, you have them in mind. You're creating a program that would serve uh, accelerating their growth. Absolutely. Yeah, th those explorers that are already there, because those are going to be your champions. I might have a leader in place here that did just send them to check the box, but I can now send them back a leader that's hungry, that's wanting to drive their organization, that's now more committed to their organization because they see, they feel more connected to it, they feel invested in. Uh, you gave a stat that what over 86% uh, of millennials said if they got learning and development that they would, they would stay with a business if they felt they were being grown and developed. Well, if I can find those people who are hungry and keep feeding them, 
then I can start that can, that can start a culture, right? That can push the culture of an organization. And you, you, we all know there's going to be roadblocks that'll get in their way then, where they're going to have the manager who says just get back to work, or they're going to have a team that's disengaged. There's things that'll push that. And but the more that we can keep them hungry and keep them fed and keep keep them feeling valued in that same thing, because then I'm also looking when I find those and identify those people, those are the people I want to bring in when we're developing a next course. Those are the people that have now become my champions and experts to go, what do you need? What are you missing? What are the tools that, that we could give you and what could what keeps you engaged? That also helps, you know, when you're bringing them into those those settings, that's also giving them visibility from higher leadership to say, hey, this is someone you should be paying attention to. And that's, and that's talking with our higher leaders at the, at the company saying, Hey, this is this is someone you need to keep your eye on. This is a, you know we all have our, our high potentials in succession planning, but giving them those opportunities to say and, and helping them help those explorers, those ones that are truly wanting to grow, helping them get that visibility because I think the more visibility they have, that helps other people around them see the benefit of what's going on. Mm-hmm. And Josh, when we so so let's walk through this experience. Whatever you know, the mechanism is whether it's a couple hours, whether there's a day, but there's going to be a, a deeper dive into the content, and then they get back to work. And this question of activation: How do you now sustain what they've learned? And um, the question of I don't have the time, even if they are champions, I, I think you know there'll be bursts, on and off bursts. Um, dream with me, wander with me, how do we sustain it? What can we do, even in a broad strokes, you know, whether it's technology, whether it's data, whether it's, con- you know, through conversations with their leadership and beyond, walk me through ideas of how to sustain. Multiple avenues, and we got to have these multiple, because we got multiple types of learners and, and needing multiple information, you know, whether that's a, a nudge through the through our learning management system of suggested things to follow up with them, whether that's, you know, I believe in, and, you know, we still, we, we are a very in-person business and we still do, you know, we very, a lot of in-person training, but that's also part of those training classes when they're in person is also connecting them with their peers and giving them those other people for them to bounce ideas off of uh, technology wise, you know, simple tools like Microsoft teams and creating cohorts between these people that were in this class, they, they got to break bread together. They got to spend time. And, and that's the one, one learning point that, you know, as, as technology evolves, you know, Terrence also brought up that quote by C.S. Lewis uh, talking about uh, chronological snobbery, right? And just because this is the way we used to do it or the old thing, it doesn't necessarily make it bad. And just because it's new, it doesn't necessarily make it any better. We need, I think there's a dichotomy here. I think both is necessary because one of the biggest takeaways a lot of my people when we have an in-person session is this time I got to spend with my peers, the time in between the class, the conversations we had at lunch, these now connections and advocates I've created for myself across the company are invaluable to me. And now I have someone to bounce these ideas off of. And now I have a partner in here and a different viewpoint when I'm looking through that. So helping foster those relationships and keep those going. And then using things like Microsoft Teams and creating a cohort with that class and giving them that that room. And then us giving nudges by asking a good question inside that cohort 
to, to, to spawn, to get a conversation going again, because you nailed it. There's bursts and they get busy and they walk away. And now if I but if now if I can go drop a quick question in there that all of a sudden pops up for everybody, just as that little nudge, watch conversations start again, watch that start to flow. If I can put a little suggested training sitting on, you know, it's, you know, having a Netflix style carousel system within your learning management system to me is a huge thing because that's a new habit. Suggested training is just like, hey, you just watched or you just enjoyed or you, you find these subjects interesting. That little nudge gets them reengaged again and looking at something, right? And different points of hitting that are, are key. I'd love if you could share whether it's an example of the questions or, or, or maybe stories of impact. Um, you know, we often discuss that reflections, we learn more from reflections than we do from the, the, the activity itself or from the learning. Um, so sh share something with an audience that, that would shape sh what, what, you're, uh, what you're sharing with them now. Absolutely. So a, a question, let's get into um, the idea of delegation for instance i might put a nudge into a room to say what tasks this week have you purposefully delegated to one of uh and what was uh, and what was the outcome S a simple question adam a simple question but it's enough for them to go i'm not delegating or i haven't thought about that or and that delegation is one of those key i'm too busy things because you just do the task yourself instead of giving it. So that can get them out of that I'm too busy mode to, oh, I'm not developing somebody. Um, those, it, it doesn't have to be, there's nothing in, you know, rocket science wise that has to do it with a nudge. A nudge is a nudge. Here's just a little thought process of, are we continuing this conversation that we know was a important issue within of something that that, that, that leader needs? that that leader is going to forget because they got too busy. Yeah. I mean, common sense, you know, is not common action because we're simply really, really busy. And, and if there's no workflow, what is our trigger? What is our reminder? Do we walk around thinking about here's the 50 things that I need to take care of? Do we write it down? Do we create another to-dos app? How often? Right. How often should they think about delegation? Should they do it every day until it becomes habitual? Should it be on a weekly basis? And then when they do delegate, you know, how are they learning from those experiences? And who are they sharing with? We've become such social creatures. Not all of us, but many. I mean, look, look at the social media. Right here, I'm on the beach. Here, I'm taking a walk. Here's what I'm doing. And, and all those reactions and likes uh, gives us a sense of connection. I don't want to get into the negative ter territory that gets us the validation, staying on the positive side. So, so it's fascinating. Josh, what, what are the, the dynamics of the cohorts that you're seeing play out? Do you see that fade out in, in months? Do you see them stick together? Is this a network that's being built? I think that's a fascinating um, point for us to double click on. Uh, it is. And I'm going to tell you it's mixed. I'm going to tell you it's mixed because you will get a cohort that, that, gets too busy and, and does forget it. And even when the nudge is out there, then you'll find. But as we talked about, those 10 to 15%, those, those, those people who are active learners, that's the ones you'll watch still involved in that. That's the ones answering those questions. Or even more so, the even better thing, they are the ones asking the questions. They're the ones putting out this, hey, I tried this today. 
here was my results. So, you know, my, then the thought process is, do we take those and we, this is, a, this is just a thought in my head. I haven't experimented with it yet, but this is the thought of, do we start to take those that funnel down as these are the two to three that are still very active within these? And then do we create a larger cohort of those? Because they're going to be more active and they're, then we can broaden their perspectives of someone outside of that. That's a debate because they are also connected to those individuals they were with and they had that they were in that class with. So to be honest, this is that's a that's a new thought process that I'm just kind of getting into and, and a, an experiment I want to try to see where does this go from there. And, and that's what this space is for, for us to talk about what you're contemplating so that this could give our listeners, you know, another data point for them to wonder about. Uh, and then really thinking about back to nudges, you, you know, I'm very passionate about the topic. We've delivered millions of nudges. We continue to ask ourselves, how do nudges become smarter? And the more we talk about personas, the more we talk about the sub-audiences, the more we start to wonder, okay, well, you know, how do you nudge someone in a way that's relevant for them, meeting them where they are? So now that 10 to 15%, let's call it 15%, you and I both hit the same number. Okay, well, they, they could benefit from a more frequent nudge and maybe a little more intense. And maybe there's a social interaction between them and others like them. It's kind of like working out. Do you want to go to the gym? You know, if you're casual, you know, runner, or you swim once in a while, and now you're going to go in a gym with bodybuilders two, three hours a day, probably not a fit. And if you are a bodybuilder, you walk into that gym and you go, I'm around people like me, right? They share the same intensity, the same passion. This, this is a way of life for them. So maybe, Josh, if you're spinning other ideas about how do you make nudges smarter, right? How do you make them more relevant? Love to hear it. I know I'm putting you on the spot. We're, we're literally now going into uncharted uh, outer limits of this work. Yeah, and you are. And if, I, if I'm honest, that's where my brain's been spinning for, for a while now is, is, you know, okay, we've identified that this 15% is hungry. We've identified that they want more. We could, we could probably be more aggressive. We could, we can be more. We don't even, in some cases, and we don't even have to be more aggressive because they're going to seek it out, right? The nudge can be as simple as it's there and available. I put it, I put it in a place that's easy for you to find. So you're going and finding that, right? I gave you something that I knew you were hungry for already and you wanted dessert and you found the dessert yourself. So this, you know, that, that is a tough that's a tough question because it's one I'm still honestly trying to digest myself of where, how do I, now that we identify these people who are hungry, what is too aggressive? What is not too aggressive? What's the right nudge? What's the, what's the thing that's going to excite them? Also understanding we have to have many different avenues as we talked about before, because some people are going to love be auditory and love listening to a podcast here. Some people are going to want a good article that's going to connect that to it. Some people want that good book suggestion. And there isn't a one-size-fits-all answer to what that appropriate nudge is. And then there's also the, the, you know, the old way of thinking of the catalog. If I just hate, make sure all of this content is available for them, look what I did. And now they, they have all this at their fingertips to go find. But that's overwhelming at times. They don't know where to go look. So I think we're, I think it's, a, it's to me, that's still a, a, a question that I don't have an answer to and, 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 and excited to continue to grow and learn what that answer could be.
And, and I think, you know, that's the movement. That's the audience here. No one has all the answers. It's impossible to have it. The, what unites us is the curiosity. What's next? And also to continue to poke at other industries that have raised questions like this. Like if you think about social media, if you think about marketing, the world of marketing, right? They also have brand loyalists. Okay, well, if someone is really in love with our brand, our our shoes, our you know whatever whatever that brand is, you may have certain frequency for them the certain level of engagement and they ask and then there's someone who you know not until they're looking for shoes will they be curious for you to be in front of them but when they are looking for shoes you better be there you better be there you better make it easy for them it's got to be a reminder so marketers are are continuously raising these questions how do we now bring this into a topic that is you know so relevant, so timely, leadership development, right? And how do we take those skill sets to answer the question of, I I don't have the time? Well, you don't need much time. We'll help you. We'll support you through it. Absolutely. And and how much is that invested time at the end of the day? Even if we're talking days-long courses, how how long is a five-day course in the history of someone's entire leadership career? How much time is that, honestly? And it, it doesn't those small bites are important and, and, and need to be there and accessible, but we also need to have a reality of investment in our people and investment, that it is an investment of time. And, and stop using the phrase, I don't have time for, and replace it with a phrase, it's not a priority for me to. Because I believe that one's visceral. And if I speak to leaders, when they use the phrase, I don't have time for, and we change that language to, Let's talk about coaching. I don't have time to coach my people. Change that phrase for to it's not a priority to me to coach my people. That causes a visceral reaction in every leader that has to say that. So, so that I think that was a game changer for me. Adam is funny. I had a, I had a few things come up today. I had some messes and fires that happened, and I'm sitting here going, I need to reach out to Adam. I might need to I might need to push this off. And immediately, my own head goes, huh, I'm too busy for this. I'm too busy for this. And I change that phrase, is this a priority? Yes. Yes, this is a priority. I can't say it's not a priority to talk to Adam today. And that changes a mindset when you do that. It changes your mindset. I'm glad you did. This is a fun conversation. I'm glad you made it a priority. And and, uh, for those that are listening, that could be, you know, uh, a step one for how to just reframe and, and make it honest. And I'm sure there may be cases where, hey, I don't have the time for you know a couple hours or a day. But ultimately, when you think about your career, it's how you're prioritizing the activities that you have in front of you. Uh, I think that's fantastic. Well, Josh, w- one other question here uh, is is you know for folks that are listening in, that that was a great piece of advice. But what what else would you suggest for those that are looking to you know, continue to evolve their leadership development programs for those that are curious to go beyond. What other piece of advice would you give them to to further their journeys? Are we talking in the in the sense of a, a leader who's looking to continue to grow that that explorer? 
Yeah, I, I would say actually it's it's for the change. I should have been more clear for change champions. It's for those that are designing the programs, for those that are really rethinking how do we get through the noise? How do we keep answering the question of, hey, I don't have the time, so let's let's make a case for it. And, and here's another tip or, or idea from you for them to consider. Old, old principle of start with the end in mind. Understand what the, what your people are hungry for and what they want. Understand, do do that pre work. To we we always look at this and like, well, we say we need this. We say we need this. Are we going to those people who are trying to grow themselves and, and asking them, what do you need? What is going to make you more successful? What would if we could give you this tool that would help your career? What would that tool be? And if we start with the end in mind and are and are talking to our leaders. Or and potential leaders who are looking to grow about what they need, what they want, instead of just, well, this is what everybody does, or this is the the course that 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 should be covered, or um, then we start feeding them the right thing, and that can easily be, still be tied to that business outcome, and and then that's a combination of that, searching with your leadership teams of what are the business outcomes that we're looking for, searching with your learners. What are those things that they're hungry for that's going to keep them engaged, that's going to make them better leaders? And then co combining those two things, and, and where do they, they, those always align, right? We can always find alignment from the goals and business objectives that we're trying to get to at the end and what that learner is hungry for. And every now and then they might be hungry for something that, that, that may not directly align, but that they can get fed with that themselves. They'll go find that. If I'm super hungry, for a piece of uh, learning, I'll find it. Those hungry learners will find it, right? But finding those ones that, that, that do have that perfect crossover. This is where we're trying to go. These are our business goals and objectives. And these are the things that our people are hungry for. How do we give them that, that best combination? The magic spot. The magic spot between the business goals and the curiosity and desire from the learners. Uh, Josh, this has been awesome appreciate you taking the time joining the conversation helping us think about the future and i i hope you you stay a part of the movement as we continue to um to come together and figure figure it out this is going to be a, it's going to be a journey for all of us absolutely i'm so glad you invited me thank you all right josh over now.